say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I am coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, for those of you that are listening via podcast, I want to make sure that I encourage you to listen all the way to the end. Uh, a lot of the podcast folks are going to be getting bonus material these days. So if you're somebody who's listening to this show via terrestrial radio or via rebroadcast on one of the radio networks that will be carrying the show moving into 2022, as we are suddenly quickly expanding again, and I'll get into that a little bit later, Uh you will probably want to visit uh, one of the locations. Maybe you want to visit tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com, uh, and check out past broadcasts and uh, listen for that bonus material, uh, at least assuming that you enjoy the show well enough to do so. Uh, I invite you to do so anyway, because the special bonus material will be special bonus material. Eh, I may not do it all the time, but we'll certainly do it often enough that it'll be worth checking out. How's that? All right, it is clearly December, and for those of you that are listening via terrestrial radio, since you are hearing the rebroadcast, it might be important for you to know why some of the material will sound dated to you by the time you're hearing it, and that's because the time that I am broadcasting live, it happens to be December the 6th, and uh, we are just a smidge past 7 p.m. Eastern. 
So with all that being said, uh, let's jump into things. Uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, Happy Hanukkah for uh, our Jewish friends. Uh, We're certainly uh, into the... uh, the heart of the holiday season at this point, but news does not slow down. In fact, you know, since Donald John Trump came down the escalator, the news cycle has legitimately been at a breakneck pace. It has not been a a ebb and flow. It hasn't been a, okay, there's a lot of stuff happening all at once, and then we'll have a, a slow weekend. It has been continuous, and since Donald Trump has been, uh, Outside of the White House, uh, we haven't seen that really slow down much. There is still constantly, just all the time, breaking news. So let's jump into some stuff. I'm going to try to focus on a few stories, but we're going to touch on a few headlines uh, that are out there that are worthwhile, and I hope if you haven't heard these stories yet that you'll take the opportunity to listen to these and we'll uh, head out there and uh, do some research. Uh, San Francisco restaurant uh, was slammed after kicking uh, police officers, uniformed police officers, out of the restaurant. The reason why? They had guns on them. Well, now they've come around and apologized, but if you ask me, it's a little too little, way too late. I want to thank, uh, real quick, before I get too far into uh, this, uh, Ron Edwards for having me on his show, the Ron Edwards American Experience, uh, for his Sunday broadcast. And this was one of the topics that we kind of touched on. Uh, it had been a while since we'd been together, and uh, Ron tried to get to a lot of topics, so we didn't really get to dig too much into any of them. But this is one of those stories that we did talk about. It is a a very important story, and I just want to reiterate what I said to Ron then, and that is this. They talked about how they were trying to create a safe space in the restaurant because they were concerned about uniformed police officers having firearms. Well, if you ask me, keeping the police out is not creating a safe space. I feel way more safe in a space where I know that uniformed police officers are, in fact, welcome. In fact, I feel even more safe when I'm in a location where I know that legal permit gun holders uh, are welcomed to have their firearms as well because law-abiding citizens who are licensed to carry, uh, whether it's concealed or whether it's open carry, either one, that's conducive to safety. Most violent criminals tend to stay away from places where people can shoot back. That's not always the rule. But it's generally pretty much a safe bet. So yeah, save your apologies. You guys have already messed up, and, and I'm fully on board with this whole insanity thing. I uh, haven't got to talk much about Chris Cuomo having been fired at this point. Uh, so that is another headline. Uh, the, the newest headline today is Chris Cuomo was he was absent from his Sirius XM radio show uh, following these new allegations of sexual harassment. Now, that's not why he got fired from CNN. Now, most of you have heard about the uh, indefinite suspension. Well, he got flat out fired now because new evidence came to light. Uh, Basically, they discovered that he was lying to them, or at least that's the cover story. And I say that because Chris Cuomo managed to make another headline claiming that the head of CNN, the guy calling the shots, was well aware of everything 
uh, Chris was doing. And now he's trying to throw a bunch of mud and muck at everybody else on his way down. So we'll see. I, I think uh, Chris is now in the middle of a downward spiral. So not Fredo uh, is acting very much like Fredo at this moment. So, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, David Perdue announced that he's going to be running for the Republican nomination for governor in Georgia. Uh, that's also a topic we kind of touched on very briefly on Ron's show this past Sunday. Uh, I, I do think that uh, that Purdue is an interesting candidate, and I do think that uh, when it comes right down to it, Brian Kemp is a good establishment Republican, but I think he's a he just builds himself a little too beholding to the Hollywood dollars. And even though I don't think he's really a never-Trumper, I do think that uh, Donald Trump's uh, perceived abhorrence to the Hollywood elitist uh, just made it necessary for him to kind of maneuver in the way that he did in order to try to keep Hollywood dollars coming to Georgia. And on the one hand, you got to understand uh, most governors feel like that's part of their job. On the other hand, eh, you're never doing anyone any favors when you sacrifice base principles for a few bucks. Uh, that's not serving your constituency. That's engaging in greedy behavior, and that's never a good thing. A story I would like to touch on a little bit later. I'll see if we can kind of sneak it in, but definitely a headline worth mentioning. Uh, mortgage company CEO fired 900 employees via Zoom, including the diversity hiring team. I will definitely be trying to circle back around to that, if not today, then sometime soon. Uh, Alec Baldwin had to delete his Twitter account. Uh, evidently, uh, he can't quite handle the heat in the kitchen. And, and I'm sorry, this ABC interview did not work out very well for him, uh, despite trying to look very sad. And when he comes out and says that he doesn't feel any responsibility for the event, uh, a wrong thing. If you want to say that you don't feel like you have copability, that's one thing. Saying, but uh, this claim that he never pulled the trigger now, which, again, the type of weapon that is in play here. It's nearly impossible for the trigger not to have been pulled and the thing to fire. Now, I use the qualifier nearly because there may be some super, uh, as of yet, undiscovered hypothetical means in a, a trans-dimensional wormhole travel into a, a far-off uh, dimension where this could possibly happen. But And now, not so much, Alec. So Alec has decided to do what Alec probably should have done a long time ago. He got himself off of Twitter. He deleted the account. We'll see how long he lives without that. Uh, so far, warmer weather this early uh, winter seems to be working out for the Biden administration. The first break the Biden administration has caught, and by the Biden administration, I mean the first break the American people have caught under the Biden administration uh, because natural gas prices have dropped a little bit because we haven't needed as much heating gas as we ordinarily would have by now. Uh, very interesting uh, that uh, you just kind of take these small victories wherever you can get them, right? So all I can say is let's go, Brandon. 
Uh, also, another important headline I'm sure we'll be talking about in the upcoming uh, week once some more details are out. But Donald John Trump's brand new social media venture, well, it's under SEC investigation. If we have time, we'll sneak back around to that. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, was celebrating uh, a major Florida hospital system's decision to end their vaccine mandate. Uh, literally 83,000 employees affected by that. That mandate is gone. And uh, BuzzFeed. Uh, had a very disappointing stock market debut as they went public, and uh, the public didn't feel the buzz for BuzzFeed. Uh, also, one last uh, thing, uh, a breaking news, Republican Devin Nunez has uh, officially announced that he's retiring from Congress. A little surprising there, although Devin has some other things going on. and probably has a better offer uh, out there. And, uh, you know, again, uh, Devin has been somebody who stood up uh, quite often. I have enjoyed him and his service. Uh, I will uh, miss Devin, among a few other folks. But, uh, you know, I, best of luck as you move forward, sir. Uh, also, uh, a couple more headlines real quick. We're going to head in, and then we're going to dive into one of the main stories. Uh, Galene Maxwell, uh, the right-hand person, if, if you needed a right-hand person, for uh, Mr. Epstein. Uh, her family is now petitioning Merrick Garland uh, to try and improve the conditions in the jail in which she's being held. Uh, yeah, I heard a very interesting thing, by the way, uh, just yesterday. A lot of people have been talking like this chick just kind of worked for uh, Epstein. Uh, and uh, the truth of the matter is, is evidently, she recruited him, that she was actually running things. So I think if more of that kind of uh, truth happens to be exposed in court, the charges may change quickly. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. And one last thing before diving into today's bigger stories that I planned on talking about. Uh, I did say this Sunday on Ron's show, but I want to say it again right now. Uh, my thoughts and prayers going out to the family of Bob Dole, uh, obviously his wife Elizabeth, and then all the family members. Uh, just please know that uh, even those of us who didn't necessarily appreciate Bob's establishment mentality at times, uh, we do still recognize the fact that he was a true American war hero. Uh, he served in World War II with distinction and honor. And then he came back to the United States, and he dedicated his life to public service. He was able to work across the aisle, uh, part of the last few folks that genuinely was able to squeeze actual compromises and uh, move forward with things. And not always necessarily things that I would have preferred to see move forward, but he was the kind of guy that helped make Washington actually work for the American people, uh, even if it wasn't always in the best of directions, he managed to do it. So, uh, again, I, I was very critical of a lot of the things that he did during his political career, but I never questioned the man's desire uh, to serve, and uh, that much, I think, uh, goes without question. So for those of you uh, left behind and who are currently mourning the loss of Bob Dole, 
my heart goes with you, and uh, I pray for strength for you and all of yours. Now, with that being said, I've got to get this in before we take the first break, or I won't get done today, so let's do it. Uh, one of the bigger aspects of news today the United States announced an official diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Olympics. So today, uh, in case you're listening to this in the rebroadcast, that would be December the 6th, 2021. Today, the United States government announced an official diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics in response to human rights violations committed by the Chinese Communist Party. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, uh, the resident ginger, uh, made the announcement during uh, a Monday appearance before the White House uh, pool. Quote, the Biden administration will not send any diplomatic or official representation to the Beijing's 2020 Winter Olympics and Paralympic Games, uh, given the uh, PRC's ongoing genocide and crimes against humanity. Okay. I, I'm a little surprised. Now, there have been rumors they were talking about doing something. Uh, I think they've been kind of shamed into taking action because uh, you have individual sports leagues uh, now that have taken direct action, and they're pulling all their business out of China. They're taking these steps because it's become necessary to finally acknowledge that the CCP is a bunch of bad people with bad intentions. Do you remember how at the top of the show, I uh, hope that you're having a fantastic day uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, with all the usual caveats? Well, for those of you who haven't been listening long enough to know what some of those caveats are, one of those said caveats is if you happen to be a bad person. If you happen to be a criminal, if you happen to be a terrorist, if you happen to be engaging in terrible, nasty, mean things, then uh, you fall into the category of the caveat. Now, is that a terrible thing? Um then maybe I'm a bad person, and maybe I don't get my own well wishes. But eh, let's go with it. Now, here's my problem with this. Uh, much like the apology from the San Francisco restaurant, way too little, way too late. Way too little, way too late. This is just the diplomatic folks. It doesn't affect anything else. Now, I'm saying that, and I'm leaving this, uh, uh, this pause in place to let you stop and think about what we're talking about. There were already rumors going around over the weekend that they were talking about doing this. And the funny thing about that is China had already responded to those rumors by saying, uh, well, none of your diplomats have been invited. Me. Maybe you should wait till you're invited before you start talking about skipping the party. If you don't get an invite, you're not really skipping the party. You're just, you were never supposed to be there. Now, they said that kind of super snarky. Now, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it's actually not that much of a paraphrase. You weren't invited, Biden administration diplomats. 
and then follow that up with a threat saying, and even if they do decide to move forward with this, uh, we will uh, be prepared to act accordingly. That we will take appropriate countermeasures. Now, what kind of countermeasures is there to a country not sending diplomats to the Olympics? Why are we letting our athletes go to the Olympics? I keep hearing this argument uh, over and over. It's just not fair to the athletes. They've worked so hard. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, having been involved in athletics in my younger days, I do understand. You put in a lot of time and effort to try and elevate your game. And if you are someone that gets to compete at the highest level where you get to go against the top athletes from around the world and you're looking to represent your country. But it's not the worst thing in the world if you don't go to a certain Olympics. It's not. But hey, how about this? How about instead of just not sending diplomats, ooh, uh, we just uh, thumbed our nose up at you, China. You're out there killing people. You're out there engaged in genocidal behavior with the Uyghurs. You're out there uh, making people disappear whenever the mood suits you, especially anyone who might openly, publicly question any member of the CCP. How about, how about we, as the United States of America, get on the phone... We'll start with our allies, you know, the folks around the world who also claim to be freedom-loving, who also claim to have a set of moral standards that supposedly would put human rights above profitability. And I know that's a dangerous phrasing right there, isn't it? Ooh, dangerous. What, people ahead of a profit? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Now, I know we talk about those greedy corporations, but... Really, we're about profit. We're really capitalists for ourselves. We're only socialists when we think you've got something. <sighs> How about we get on the phone with those countries? You know, places like the UK and Canada and Australia and uh, France and Germany. And, and at least start there. Call some of the folks we know would be a shoe in, like Hungary, and, and and let's call our friends first, and then let's build a coalition. And once we build a coalition, let's start calling some folks that we're not really friends with, but we're not enemies either. The folks that are kind of like, yeah, America, eh. the United States, eh. uh, Joe Biden, uh, let's go, Brandon. Uh, let's start calling some of them and build a bigger coalition, and then let's call. The Olympic Committee, the International Olympic Committee, and say, we have all decided you have a choice. Move the Olympics out of Beijing and never, I mean never, even suggest allowing them to host the Olympics again, at least until the demise of the Chinese Communist Party. Participating at any level with your organization until... You decide that humanity means more than playing nice with the the communists in China. How about we do that? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be more appropriate? Doesn't that make more sense? And if they don't play ball with us, guess what? If you've really built that kind of a coalition, 
uh, how hard do you think it would be to uh, create a parallel event? You know, in fact, you don't have to call it something that would even slightly infringe upon the International Olympic Committee. Freedom Games? You can literally have all the best athletes there anyway. But for everything that's involved, we just have to show some spine, a little backbone, and a little leadership. Because we're not talking about actually boycotting the Olympics. We're not talking about leaving our athletes at home. We're talking about uh, just not sending some folks that China didn't want there anyway. Ooh, that's a punishment, all right. Now, according to Cios, they said that, quote, before the boycott had been announced, the CCP and state media organizations had claimed that the Biden administration was politicizing the sporting event. Really? You think? I think you would prefer politicizing the event as opposed to uh, militarizing action. Not that I would expect there to be enough spine in this administration to carry out any type of activity. But at the end of the day, uh, you have so many terrible, terrible, no good, bad things happening in China to innocent people who have the disfortune of simply having been in China. I mean, the Chinese people in general, not so bad. The people that are part of the party these are evil, maniacal people, and they are our enemy, whether you want to admit it or not. You don't have to acknowledge it. You can be like these lefties who, who think you can uh, hug a tree and make everything okay and believe that everybody will love you if you just give them a chance. But for those of us who are in the real world, we understand that not everybody is going to hug you back. Some people are going to punch you out for trying to hug them. Some of them are going to let you hug them so they can stab you in the back. Some of them are going to drop kick you and then shoot you when you're down. There are people around the world who simply want things. And they see you, my fellow American, as an obstacle to those things. The Communist Chinese Party... That's one of those groups. The news was breaking today that they're trying to build a military base or looking to build a full-blown military base in Africa to have the ability to completely refuel and restock supplies on the Atlantic. This would be a major issue for our national security, never mind the fact that they are Still gaining a foothold in, cent in Central and South America. China is looking to expand their influence around the world. And if we don't start pushing back, we're going to be left as the only ones that are going to be out in the cold. Because no matter how you uh, divide up the world, there is no room for a United States of America if China continues not because we're not willing to coexist, because they're not willing to coexist. 
They have zero tolerance for people that think anything other than what they tell you to think. We see world-class athletes go missing, and we see Muslims that get rounded up and moved into concentration camps and get forced into marriages of different beliefs so that they will simply not be able to continue their beliefs. Now, I'm not a big fan of the Islamic faith. I've made no mistakes, uh, no, no questions about that. I do believe that far too often the idea of Islamic doctrine uh, allows for the mistreatment of anyone that is not the same kind of Muslim, that they're encouraged to engage in taqiyya, that they're encouraged to commit acts of violence against those that are of a different mindset. I think it's a very dangerous and a very unhealthy philosophy for world domination that just happens to have a spiritual element thrown in because the folks that developed it understood that you can control a lot of people through a religious fervor. Uh, again, make no mistake, I, I'm not trying to suddenly sound like, oh, aren't you being a little hypocritical about crying for the uh, Uyghurs? Uh, the Uyghurs there? No, I'm not being hypocritical because at the same time, nobody's been hurt more by Islam than Muslims. They've done a fair amount of damage to Christians and, uh, and Jews around the world, make no mistake, but nobody has been hurt more than other Muslims. The things they've done to non-Muslims are horrific, but the things they've done to Muslims who have converted out or Muslims who are of a different sect uh, are far worse than the things that they've done to Christians. I mean, at the very least, you get beheaded, it hurts for a little bit, and you're done torturing for weeks before allowing someone to die, that's far worse. They're not nice people, okay? These are some of those folks that are also not getting the uh, fantastic day wherever they are and whatever they're doing uh, crowd. They fall into the caveat. My concern here is I am, no matter who you're talking about, I am very much against genocide. I would much rather convert people to a better way of thinking than to simply eliminate them. And of course, I know that that is kind of pie in the sky, Pollyanna, and not very likely. Now, I'm the one living in a uh, fantasy land, but it's a fantasy that is worth at least exploring. It's worth at least trying for, and it's worth at the very least uh, offering up as a uh, alternative to genocide. I don't believe it's necessary to commit genocide in order to win a political struggle, even if it's a struggle that has become a violent one. This whole idea that, uh, that suddenly now uh, we're, we're really taking uh, big-time steps here to, to deal with China because uh, we're going to just not send our diplomats to, to the Beijing Olympics. Come on. I mean, literally, I already mentioned, but ahead of the uh, expected boycott, the Chinese foreign minister uh, said that China was prepared to take countermeasures. Prepared to take countermeasures. What countermeasures? It's not equal. Just countermeasures. Uh, well, you're not going to send people here, then we're going to blow someone up. I, I, it, what are you doing? 
uh, Zell, I believe is the pronunciation of the uh, foreign minister's name, uh, said, uh, quote, without being invited, American politicians keep hyping this so-called diplomatic (laughs) diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics, which is purely wishful thinking and grandstanding. If the U.S. side is bent on going its own way, China will take firm countermeasures. Firm countermeasures. To what? Now, of course, the AP had to point out that it was a tradition for top governmental officials to visit the host country during the Olympics. Yeah, but not always, is it? There have been exceptions. They want to make it seem like this is some big deal. They want to make it seem like Biden's actually doing something. They're trying to protect their boy. Trying to look out for barely there Beijing Biden. There's a reason why this is such a tempered and sad and pathetic response. He doesn't want to push too hard. He's supposed to be having an upcoming talk with Vladimir Putin, too, in the designs that uh, Putin has on moving forward, trying to rebuild, trying to rebuild the former Soviet Union. Make no mistake about it, uh, Vladimir is going to be pushing hard, too. But Biden, he doesn't have the cojones to push back. He doesn't have the cojones to stand up. He barely has the cojones to ask for his favorite flavor of ice cream when it comes time for nappy time. So what do we do? We stand back, watch this, let it continue? Or do we do something that actually has some teeth, starting with an actual honest-to-goodness boycott of the Olympics and bringing our friends with us? If it takes a professional sports organization, a professional women's tennis organization, and a lone voice, a lone voice from the Boston Celtics, a young man who just recently became a full-blown American citizen and legally changed his name on that same day to his last name being Freedom. If it takes those people... To start shaming the public into understanding how bad, how terrible things really are in China, then I'm glad they're there. But let's follow that example and let's build on it. Let's build that coalition. Let's get some other countries shamed into following us. And uh, let's make it clear that China doesn't call the shots And the International Olympic Committee can either get on board with the rest of the world and understand China's not a place they ought to be, or they can move on without those countries that actually understand that the life of a human being means a heck of a lot more than whatever it is they think they're trying to accomplish. At least, that's what it seems like to me. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm a little over the top here. Maybe I'm missing something. But regardless, I have missed the cutoff for the mid-hour break. So let's do the Edwards Notebook, Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day, and let's get into 
uh, the second half of the show right after this. Stay right there. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into the Truth, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas and hopefully a very Happy New Year. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, Say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Much has been written in recent years to try to dismiss the fact that the United States was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, despite their efforts, leftist revisionists cannot change the historic facts. Anyone who takes the time to examine the original writings, personal correspondence, biographies, and public statements of the sovereign individuals who were instrumental in the founding of America will find an abundance of quotations showing the profound extent to which their thinking and their lives were influenced by a Christian worldview. This is not to say that all of the founding fathers were Christians, though most were, but even those who were not Christians were deeply influenced by and promoted the beneficial principles of Christianity, unlike modern-day leftist non-believers who seek to extinguish Christianity out of society. We can choose to get distracted wondering if Ben Franklin put his personal faith in Jesus or simply appreciate the blessings of Christian Judeo values that are the bedrock of our land of liberty. I'm Ron Edwards. Don't miss the Ron Edwards American Experience on WCETradio.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello, this is Dan Perkins for your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. What veterans who are homeless or at risk of homelessness should do for help? Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to contact the National Call-In Center for Homeless Veterans at 877-4-AID-VET. That's 877-424-3838 for assistance. If a veteran does not have access to a phone or the Internet, only then are they to visit the closest VA medical center without calling in advance. All veterans should contact their VA medical center before visiting for any reason. These steps are necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So here's your veterans tip of the day. Contact the VA at 877-424-3838 for more information. The VA wants to help. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day.
right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with me through that very brief break. And uh, it is, of course, the season of giving, the season of caring. It is the Christmas season. And for those of you that celebrate Christmas, I hope you're having an absolutely fantastic holiday season. For those of you that observe Hanukkah, I hope your Hanukkah celebrations have also been as joyous as possible. And uh, if you're somebody who has a problem with acknowledging either one of those, well, I'm not really going to say too much about you guys. Because after all, uh, I am trying to enjoy the Christmas season. I would really, really like it if you guys would do the same. Uh, So... What else can I say? I want to take a little bit of time to remind everybody, by the way, uh, if you happen to be someone who, like myself, has maybe mm, overindulged just a touch during Thanksgiving uh, and are needing to kind of take a little bit of a break, uh, try to get yourself right before the overindulging that is going to happen you know, during uh, Christmas uh, dinner, uh, then uh, something that might help you is when you need to satisfy your sweet tooth is to go get you one of the best tasting candy bars out there. And yes, I call it a candy bar because it is, and you won't think any differently. Uh, Built Bar. Uh, go ahead, give it a try. I- I'm going to put a uh, link in the show description, so if you check out the podcast, uh, please uh Take and copy that entire link and paste that into your uh, your browser there, and uh, go visit, check them out, and uh, make that purchase while you're there. And use the whole link uh, by using that link. They know I'm the one who sent you. So then, not only can you get something that's really, really good tasting and really, really good for you. It's high in protein. It's low in sugar. Uh, it's it's just really, really good too. Uh, not only we get something that's great and will help you to. Uh, Keep those cravings at bay until it's time to enjoy that next big holiday dinner with the family. Uh, You'll also have a chance to help support the show, and I would appreciate that. That'd be like a little Merry Christmas to me. Uh, So you guys, check it out. Follow the link. And if you are listening on Terrestrial Radio a little bit later, just visit tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com. And you can click on the Built Bar banner. Or any of you will still know that I sent you, and that's, that's a good thing. So let me invite you to, to come visit the website. Now, as we move forward with today's broadcast, uh, it's uh, it never ceases to amaze me exactly what happened. Leftists are convinced, of course, that we are nearing the end of abortion in the country. Uh, Donald Trump got to pick all those Supreme Court justices, and and they're just going to come tear down uh, Roe versus Wade, and they're just going to eliminate uh, abortion across the world, and and we're not going to go underground, and there's going to be a revolution. Uh, We'll never allow you to take the women's rights uh, to their bodily autonomy away from them. Uh, Dude, first of all, uh, chill. Number one, if you really want to fight a revolution uh, on the issue of the murdering of the pre-born, then bring it. Okay? That's all I got to say to you. If you really think that that's where you're at, and that's the hill you want to die on, show up on my hill, and uh, that will be the hill you get to take your last stand on. There is no right to murder 
the pre-board. It doesn't exist in the Constitution. It doesn't exist anywhere. Even if you can find a few honest, even leftist jurists will tell you point blank that Roe v. Wade was terrible, terrible case law. That it didn't make sense that the idea, it was all created essentially just out of thin air. This is the political result that we wanted, so we found a way to pretend like uh, we are going to get there. Well, the pan- full-bone panic mode is in full effect. you got people going nuts on the left, and they're, they're getting ready. And, of course, you also have folks now that are calling for packing the Supreme Court again. They want to pack the court before uh, – <laughs> It's like you've already heard the arguments at this point. Uh, even if you pack the courts at this point, uh, the new judges that get brought on would not be able to vote because they didn't get to hear the case. They didn't participate. Uh, but at any rate, you also have a group of uh, folks out there suggesting that they should codify Roe v. Wade uh, in, uh, into law. They should just pass a law now so that the constitutional uh, interpretation that can be easily overturned doesn't uh, represent the only thing that's standing there. Well, I don't know exactly how it is that you uh, make that decision and that you write a law that in and of itself can't be overturned with a just a standard constitutional uh, challenge in front of the court again. It doesn't matter how many lefties you put there, unless you're putting activist judges in place, people who have no concern about the Constitution, then the Constitution is going to fall where it falls each and every time. It's not changing. When it comes to the idea of murdering the preborn, you are talking about a woman trying to make a decision after something else has occurred. Her bodily autonomy was part of what got her into that mess. And this ongoing argument over and over again about uh, rape or incest, the health of the the mother, all these things. I think most people are willing to put in uh, some of these caveats in, in these situations. But the truth of the matter is, is it is a red herring. It is just a, a fly in the ointment. It's a dishonest argument because while it can create strong emotions – Uh, it still makes up less than 1% of the total abortions performed in this country. We have seen this mindset. We've seen it. The the idea now that you're not really a woman in America. You haven't achieved womanhood until you've had at least one abortion and you've screamed your abortion. You've yelled your abortion. That's bull. It's bovine excrement of a grade A standard. But you now have politicians that are calling – Uh, for the Supreme Court decision of Roe v. Wade to be codified into law. Uh, This, of course, following last week's activity in the Supreme Court where the justices heard arguments regarding this Mississippi pro-life law uh, where they're looking to to narrow it down to 15 weeks into termination. Strong and unequivocal supporter of women's rights. Uh, I agree, Bernie. But this isn't about women's rights. They're gonna, I'm going to get crucified for saying that out loud, but the truth is it's not. You have a right to health care, yes. You have a right to reproductive health care, yes. Murdering the preborn is not reproductive health care. It is the elimination of reproduction. The act 
that we so pleasantly refer to as abortion is nothing more than a matter of birth control now in this country. And we have cheap, effective birth control that prevents the conception of life. If you are in that position, you have plenty of opportunities to protect yourself from that instance. You can abstain from sexual behavior and sexual activity. That's a pretty safe bet. Only one person I know of in the history of the world has ever had an immaculate conception. And, of course, I know a lot of you lefties out there would have a problem with even acknowledging that. Hey, so that's fine. Don't acknowledge it. Now, for those of you who think that's prudish and unrealistic and uh, unfair, okay, then uh, protect yourself. Utilize prophylactics and other forms of birth control. Uh, Double up. Use more than one kind of birth control. The effectiveness of a condom and the effectiveness of the pill, uh, if you get pregnant, if you're engaging in both of those forms of contraceptive, then uh, that child was meant to be. You're talking about a separate body. Once that child has been conceived, we are talking about a different body. It's no longer your body alone. You're talking about another life. Oh, no, Tim, Tim, that's uh, not another life. That's just... Uh, That's crazy talk right there. Clearly, that's just a a grouping of cells. Clearly, that's just, uh, you know, it's just a grouping of cells. Uh, It's just a clump. It's a clump of tissue. How dare you even suggest that I might have to, to have a repercussion from my actions? How dare you say I might have to act like an adult at some point in my life. I mean, it's pretty clear. It's clear cut. It's obvious. If you're not ready to have a child, do not engage in activity for which you may become pregnant. I, I, I don't know how much easier that can be. Now, you still have the choice. You are in complete control. You do what you want to do. You have autonomy, but be prepared and understanding that this is a potential consequence for the action you're taking. So just because you don't want that result doesn't give you the green light to get to just forget about And ignore the fact that you took a course of action that led you to that step. It took you to the place where you are now going to be a parent. Hopefully you'll be a good parent. Hopefully you'll grow up in a hurry. Hopefully you'll be married to someone you love before you get pregnant. Because life is always better for you and whoever when that's the case. You have a much more stable home life. Marriage does still hold a sacred place in our society, and it is the most conducive way to raise and grow a family. You don't have to like that fact. You can ignore it. You can pretend like it's not a fact. And, hey, you go ahead. But the facts are still the facts, and as As Ben Shapiro is fond of saying, gum clear that if you take the steps to do things the right way, you're going to be okay. 
But if you take shortcuts, if you don't take your actions seriously, if you don't plan appropriately, then sometimes you're going to have to deal with some unexpected things. So again, just like when you pull a firearm, if you raise that firearm and point it at something, do not point that firearm at anything you're not prepared to destroy. This case, same deal. Do not engage in this activity unless you are fully prepared to give birth to a child because that is always a potential consequence, even when you take precautions. So take those precautions. But for these politicians now to so desperately try to find some way to protect Roe and to act like this is for the benefit of women, there are no women who have benefited from this free, wild, and loose, ridiculous abortion culture. None. Now, there's plenty who have convinced themselves that they have. There's plenty who will try to tell you that they have and that you will too. But there are long-standing emotional issues that will haunt you for a long time. If you are a young woman and you sacrifice an unborn child, a preborn child that you are pregnant with, you must understand that there is a price that you will pay and there will be a stain on your soul. And again, if you're a leftist and you don't buy into this and you don't believe that, fine. Don't. You don't have to. I'm not even talking to you. I'm talking to the, the young people that can still be reached, that might still be listening, who might still have some level of concern for their immortal souls. If you have that level of concern, guess what? Situation where now you are pregnant and now you want to do away with that pre-born life that is growing in your body, that's being nurtured by you because you are a mother at that point. Abortion is murder. Now, if you actually are part of that less than 1% where you're suffering from uh, having been raped or you're a victim of incest, which hopefully also was a situation of rape, or if your life is legitimately endangered, if the pregnancy is allowed to continue, then that's a completely different story. And, and you're still not going to feel any better about it afterwards. But there are still at least a logical discussion. For why you may you may feel the need to take this action, but don't take it lightly. Don't treat it like it's no big deal. The people who will tell you that are either a intentionally lying to you, or b trying to harm you. That's going to have to be it for the first hour. Thank you so much for uh, being here and listening. Uh, again, Merry Christmas. If you're here for the uh, podcast, don't go anywhere. The Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Uh, be safe out there, everybody. Stay healthy if you can, even if it goes against your nature.
say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got a big brain. Broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Glad to have you fine folks here with me. As always, I am greatly humbled and appreciate the fact that you're listening. Whether you're listening uh, to the podcast version of the show, uh, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, or if you're listening on the terrestrial radio, uh, great radio stations around the country like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, and uh, KCCG uh, out in Awesome, Hugo, Oklahoma, or uh, if you happen to be listening online uh, to uh, websites like The Last Frequency, uh, wherever you may be listening, uh, I appreciate it. For the benefit of you fine folks, uh, because you are hearing a rebroadcast, and ordinarily a rebroadcast that is broke down to one-hour segments of a uh, what is a two-hour show, uh, the time that this particular broadcast is occurring, the time that I am actually speaking to you from behind this microphone, well, it's December. I'm about to say next. In other words, you don't have to wait quite so long as the rebroadcast in some cases. But 
if you are listening on one of these great places that is rebroadcasting, thank you so much. And let the station managers know that you're really digging the show, you know, presuming that you are, in fact, really digging this show. Uh, okay, so it's Christmas season, right? And we're in Thanksgiving, and I hope that you're moving forward with just a fantastic holiday uh, outing. And if that's what you're doing, uh, glad to hear it. And if it's not what you're doing, come on, guys. Um, what do we got to do to make things a little better for you? Uh, let us know. Uh, we'll we'll do what we can. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Down. This is the second hour of a two-hour broadcast, and we've already talked a little bit about how some politicians are trying to uh, to codify into law the Supreme Court decision of Roe v. Wade. And I kind of got sidetracked a little bit on my feelings about abortion as opposed to what these people are actually trying to do. But an unconstitutional uh, law is not going to solve the problem of a Supreme Court finally coming back and correcting a very bad decision, a very bad opinion from this court. And again, I will remind you that there's no honest jurist out there that will not say that there are serious legal flaws in what they did uh, to come to the conclusions they did with Roe v. Wade. This whole idea, this notion that it was decided on the idea of privacy as opposed to uh, the actual ideology of what happens when you murder a child that hasn't been born yet. There is no real issue. But at the end of the day, they told us in the opinion of what would be the simple solution if Congress passes a law at which life is recognized, then abortion wouldn't be legal at all past that point, period. They, they said as much. said, look, this is basically we have to decide this on the privacy issue because we've got nothing to stand up and determine. We've got no scientific basis for us, non-scientists, non-biologists, to say, okay, well, this is when life actually has begun. Therefore, uh, you can't do it after this. And they basically said during the, the Roe v. Wade, they make it pretty clear that if there was a legal standard recognized by the federal government of the beginning of life, whatever that point may be, 16 weeks, 4 weeks, conception, whatever you set that point at, that that would be a done deal, and then the whole thing would be moot. Congress has had the power from the very beginning to just go in and determine, to go in and say, all right, here's when we're going to recognize the beginning of life. They could have done it at any point in time. They could have done it before this ever became an issue. And this whole idea, the red herring argument about uh uh, women being forced to carry children to term. No, that's what biology is doing. It kills me that we have so many people out here that are ready to, to say, well, we're just going to go back to the back alleys and hope you can look yourself in the mirror when you know all these young girls that are getting these botched back alley abortions and they're going to be uh, dying as a result of it. And then you've got two deaths on you. That blood's on your hands. No, it's not. It's not. I will sleep very well with a clear conscience. And you know why? Because I'm not the person that put any of those people in that circumstance. 
It's never a good idea, boys and girls. Pay attention. This, this is an important part of the lesson. It's never a good idea, boys and girls, to try to deal with a bad decision with a follow-up bad decision. And you can say what you want to about those erroneous circumstances, but most of the time, if you get pregnant when you didn't want to, it's because you made a poor choice. You took a bad action. You gave in to somebody pressuring you, or you are engaged in an activity that you really weren't completely prepared for. Because like I was saying back in the first hour, in case any of you missed it, uh, feel free to go back and listen to the podcast to re- uh, hear hour one. You never uh, aim a, a gun at something you're not prepared to destroy, and you should never engage in sexual activity if you're not prepared to have a child because it is always a possibility no matter what steps you take. And it is just wrong to murder a preborn child based on your convenience. If you believe that you have an immortal soul, and I pray that you do. I pray that you believe it because you do have one. If you believe you have one, then I don't know how you don't believe that your soul will be stained forever if you take the easy It's not the easy way anyway. It will haunt you. If you're a young lady and you find yourself in this situation, no matter which course of action that you take at that point, you are going to be dealing with a lifetime of consequences. You have the child. Typically, those are consequences you can live with, may even come to feel blessed by. But if you just murdered the kid then you're going to be haunted by that decision your entire life. There will not come a point even after you stop breathing because that soul of yours is going to carry on and that stain is still going to be there. And I'll go one further. Every one of these politicians that's pushing for these sacrifices to ball, every one of these politicians who have made this almost a religious sacrifice, uh, almost a necessity for our culture because of who they believe they are and what they believe our culture has become through their guidance, they too will have a stain on their soul. And they'll have more than just the actions of one or two uh, young women making a, a bad choice. They'll have the stains of all that blood on their hands. Kermit Gosnell was uh, a person acting on his own interest, and he was doing things in a horrible fashion. Uh, A scary, scary guy at the end of the day. Well, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, every person who has lost their lives, pre-born or the young women that didn't survive his botched actions, Their blood is on your hands, too, because you promote this type of insanity. That's what it is. It's insanity. I I, I don't know what else to call it. I don't know how anybody feel that it's anything else. Go to your 18. Democrats want to make it 16, but you got to at least get to 
past birth and hang out for 16 years beyond that to get a vote. That's why they don't matter. They're not old enough to vote for a Democrat yet, so they're just, uh, they don't get a vote in this. At what point does humanity matter? I mean, isn't it supposed to matter from the beginning? Isn't humanity something of significance, of importance? Isn't the creation of life something that is supposed to be supposed to be revered? I mean, it is literally the true spark of the divine. I mean, Nancy Pelosi gave a, a speech a while back trying to defend MS-13 gang members. Oh, can you not see in their eyes the spark of the divine? Uh, yeah, uh, barely, and they've uh, hit it behind the fires of Satan. Yes, all of humanity has a, a touch, a, a spark. Unfortunately, not all of humanity embraces that spark. Unfortunately, not all of humanity appreciates the preciousness of life. I mean, we can spend a lot of time talking also about uh, birth rates and replacement birth rates and all these things that the, the lunacy of the left has talked a lot of young people out of. It's like, we can't continue to do this. It, it's harmful to the world. It's harmful to the earth. It's, it, it's these people being a little bit nutty. And these are the people that are lecturing us. These are the people that are lecturing our children. These are the people that are convincing our children that it's perfectly okay to engage in behavior that is dangerous and reckless. And if a consequence tries to come along, you must avoid it. It's no wonder we have so many young people today that are so ill-prepared for the real world. Why we have so many snowflakes roaming around that as soon as they have to face an actual real-world decision, one in which choice A, uh, not so good, choice B, I like it even less than choice C, uh, if we even have a choice C, uh, isn't much of a choice at all because it really isn't any good period, but I got to pick one of these three. Sometimes that's life. Is it any wonder that these folks just aren't prepared for it? If you grow up thinking that there's no consequences for your bad behavior and no rewards for your good behavior, then uh, what should you expect from these people? I mean, I'll remind everybody over and over again that once again, what we're seeing is the side effects of the left controlling education. Don't know what else to say. All right, another big story today, Jesse Smollett. Uh, you know, the, I had really hoped we were past the point of talking much about Jesse, but his trial's ongoing. We talked a little bit about it the other day, and I think the time has arisen to discuss it a little more. Because, you see, today... Jesse made headlines by taking the stand. He testified at his own trial. Some of the things that he said, 
kind of incriminated him for other things. He said he was involved in a, a sexual relationship with one of the two brothers, the trainers. They've, of course, denied that, but he made this claim. Claimed that he was involved in the, the use of heavy, serious drugs. He claims that he paid the brothers for services of personal training and things of that nature. He swears, he swears that there was no hate crime hoax. Now, I think it's kind of a hard case to make at this point, Jesse. You know, between the video of your practice run already being out there, the fact that uh, somebody has testified to the fact that you know, your career, you wanted to be a victim of this so that you could then catapult yourself to the forefront of the voice against hate crimes against the LGBTQ community. And again, I'm going to remind everybody out there, if you're part of the LGBTQ community, I, if, if you're a regular listener, you've heard me say this before, but please, no matter what kind of minority group you're part of, be very, very careful about who you let speak for you. Be very, very cautious about how who you allow to take the stage and get behind the microphone on your behalf. Because sometimes these people, they don't have your best interest at heart. Sometimes these people, well, they have their own self-interest at heart. And that's where we're at with Jesse. I mean, sure, uh, technically, uh, if I'm going to claim any level of journalistic integrity, of course, I've never claimed to be a journalist. I'm a commentator. I commentate. Sometimes I tell you what my opinion is based on what's going on. And sometimes I tell you just facts, and then I bloviate on them. But at the end of the day, I don't consider myself a journalist. Yet I tend to uh, engage in more general journalistic integrity than most of the people that claim to be journalists. So, you know, here we have at least the presumption of innocence. So I, I've yet to figure out exactly how this mind-blowing testimony is supposed to really equate to a defense for Jesse. I mean, excuse me, Mr. Smollett, but uh, uh, how is uh, being stoned and drunk and engaging in homosexual sex with a uh, big, beefy, bodybuilder kind of guy, how is any of that supposed to make you any less guilty of perpetrating a fake hate crime, of wasting the taxpayer's dollars of the citizens of Chicago, wasting the time and resources of the Chicago Police Department, and then calling in political favors when you were first found out uh, till that got uh, blown up in your face as well. How does that alleviate you of any of these things? To me, it just seems to be an admission that you're guilty of a few other things that you were to this point fortunate not to be charged with. 
I mean, is there something else that I'm missing here? Well, you see, they, uh, uh, the one brother is a, um, well, you know, he's a homophobe. So the other brother doesn't want the homophobe brother to know that he's actually a, a, a homosexual. So they did all this to try and cover up that. Is, is that what we're supposed to believe? I mean, is, is there anybody who's thinking that that's actually what the jury is going to believe in this trial? Is, is this something that's going to create some level of sympathy? Because I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Smollett, but this to me sounds like, well, it sounds like more reasons to think that you were just a self-centered, egotistical jerk as opposed to a sympathetic figure. It's more reason to think that you were trying to find some way to create yourself some value in Hollywood after your time on the show Empire was coming to an end. If that's what this really was, and that's certainly what it looks like to this commentator based on what I've seen, I'm not saying without any doubt whatsoever that that's exactly it, just saying that that's what it looks like from over here. The preponderance of evidence, that's what it seems to be. If that's the case, then instead of continuing to fight this, you're only digging that hole a little deeper. And we've got a saying around here. See, around here in East Tennessee, we're... Or we got a bunch of hillbillies and rednecks. We, we, uh, we don't necessarily have ourselves a whole lot of that there uh, uh, book smarts, that 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 there book learning that you guys out there on the West Coast and the East Coast got so much of. But we have what we like to call common sense, and sometimes, sometimes we'll express that in in little uh, cliches, and sometimes we will say. Uh, things that, that sounds like it's pretty stupid until you think about it for a minute. And this is one of these situations where one of them there sayings kind of comes to mind. So I'm going to sit here uh, chewing on some straw and rocking on a, uh, a rocking chair on my front porch with my shotgun here beside me. And I'm going to give old Justice Mollett a little bit of advice that it's too late for him to take now, but it sure would have been good for him a little while ago. Uh, well, before it got to this point, and that had been when you find yourself in a deep hole, the first thing you have to do to get out is stop shoveling. Jesse has not yet stopped shoveling. He's continuing to make his hole deeper and deeper and deeper. And he's going to have to cut that out. It's going to happen eventually. The, the trial is going to come to an end. And yeah, again, the, in Chicago, where a jury is involved, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, in a jury trial, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, ultimately, the jury is capable of doing just about anything. You know? I really, really don't... Uh, I don't foresee anything good coming for Jesse out of this, except for maybe, like I said, a few more charges. All right, let me go ahead and take the mid-hour break. <coughs> Excuse me. And then on the other side, we will continue. 
A couple more topics I want to try to hit before we're done today. I think I might actually be able to do it because I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on one of them. you got to stay right where you're at uh, and don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into the Truth, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas and hopefully a very Happy New Year. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, Say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Because of the grossly inadequate government school system practice of not teaching complete and authentic American history, one would think that black Americans contributed very little to our American society. Hello, I'm... Rod Edwards, on today's page from the Edwards Notebook, if your refrigerator contains any produce from your local grocery market, then you can rightfully credit black United States inventor Frederick McKinley Jones. Mr. Jones took out more than 60 patents throughout his life of achievement. Amongst them was a 1930s patent for the roof-mounted cooling system commonly used to refrigerate food products on extended transportation routes. Frederick McKinley Jones officially received his roof-mounted cooling system patent for his invention in 1940. He also co-founded the U.S. Thermal Control Company that later became famously known as Thermo King. The company was critical during World War II, helping to preserve donated blood and food supplies for our American war heroes during the massive war between liberty and tyranny. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. We often find ourselves arguing statistics with anti-gun people. But let's put the conversation into perspective. I'll give you some stats, but also expose the anti-gun left's real motives for gun control. First of all, don't you think that anyone who really wants to save lives would focus their attention on an area where the most lives are lost? The gun grabbers like to use the number of 30 to 40,000 gun-related deaths per year. But if we take out suicides, which are 60% of those gun-related deaths, which, by the way, are not reduced by the absence of guns, and we take out law enforcement-related deaths, in other words, good guys killing bad guys, we're left with about 14,880 gun-related homicides. But here's where it gets interesting. The majority of those gun-related homicides are gang-related. So let's say we didn't have the gang problem we have in this country. The number of gun-related homicides shrinks to 2,976 per year in America. And here's another interesting fact that the anti-gun left doesn't want you to know. The majority of gang-related violence occurs in Democrat-run cities across this country that are highly gun-restricted, by the way, and often allow violent illegals safe harbor. What that means is good people living within those cities are denied their right to protect themselves against the human violence that Democrats encourage with their bad policies. 
Now let's compare that to some other things that the anti-gun left could be working on if they really wanted to save lives. Drunk driving takes almost 11,000 lives per year in America. 47,000 lives are lost per year in America due to suicide, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia being two of the leading causes of suicide, not guns. But one of the biggest causes of preventable deaths in America is abortion. Almost 330,000 lives are taken per year in America by people committing abortion. Now let me give you a piece of information that the anti-self-defense crowd doesn't want you to know. How many lives do you think are saved every year because of guns? The answer is two and a half million. Every year in America, two and a half million lives are potentially saved by the use of firearms. Now this doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. And 46% of those lives saved are women. This is a study that was done by Gary Kleck, a Florida criminologist, and backed by data from the CDC. So why do you think the gun grabbers never share this information? Well, some would argue that they don't really care about saving lives as much as they care about disarming their fellow citizens and preventing them from independently protecting themselves and their families. Gun control is a top-down method that puts government in charge of the lives and safety of people under the guise of public safety. It's the first step in stealing the freedom our founders fought for. The anti-left has already decided that they are willing to give up their freedom to government. The problem is they can't have their government-controlled utopian society unless you get on board. And real Americans are clearly not getting on board. Gun control is a way of forcing you into dependence, whether you like it or not. Now, we're never going to cure the evil in the hearts of killers, but we can stop them. So, to the gun grabbers, do you really want to save lives? Then get to work on the real causes of human violence and help us restore our gun rights so good people can protect themselves. Help us save lives rather than ending them before they get a chance to take their first breath. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. Thank you so very much for uh, being here with me today. And thanks for staying with me through that very brief break. Obviously, Dan Wass uh, there with a little Second Amendment uh, public service announcement. Uh, and a very timely one as well. It's, it's one that's been out for a while. You've heard it uh, several times by now. But it still stands the test of time. And right now, with all the hype about abortion in the country again, it's a good time to bring that one out. I uh, hope you're enjoying the uh, Christmas tunage. I, I, unlike a lot of folks, I only play the Christmas stuff after Thanksgiving and then 
well, I will run it a little bit past Christmas up until about New Year's Day. Because <laughs> uh, I still feel like it's still part of the season. And uh, because I am very strict about not getting started too soon, I play it around. But anyway, I want to thank all of you for being here. I appreciate uh, every last one of you. And of course, I again, I'm very humbled by the fact that you join me and that you listen. Uh, the numbers for the podcast are still phenomenal. And uh, the reaction to the show being rebroadcast on radio is uh, still very phenomenal as well. Thank you all guys so very much. I want to take this opportunity, however, uh, to remind you back in the first hour, I talked about Built Bar. Uh, there's a... A link in the show description. Well, uh, in this hour, I want to talk about Hero Soap. Uh, Hero Soap is the absolute uh, epitome of a America first company. Uh, they're run by veterans. They uh, uh, contribute some of their uh, profits to veterans organizations and current active uh, duty military and to first responders. They uh, all the people that are standing the front line and protecting the average citizen from what harm may come or doing their best to respond, uh, these guys stand up for them. And uh, they also uh, try to source everything uh, within the United States and what ingredients they can't get in the United States. They still utilize American companies that are bringing these ingredients in. So uh, everything is still so much an American first thing. And, and that's a big selling point to a lot of folks that are typically part of this audience, which is why I tend to focus on it, because I'm very impressed with their business practices. But the one thing that I don't spend enough time talking to you about is how good the soap actually is. And it is really good soap. But hey, don't take my word for it. Uh, follow the link in the show description. Go check out what you think would be uh, something you would really like. Order it and see for yourself. I double dog dare you. Go ahead. And by copying uh, the full link as it appears in the show description and then pasting that full link in your, uh, your little uh, uh, bar up there, uh, you then can uh, go over to the website and they'll know I'm the one that sent you. So it's pretty helpful to me, too. You'll get a great product at a great price. They're running discounts right now. You won't know till you go see, but it's well worth taking the visit. I promise you, this is not your average everyday soap. And for the longest time, if you buy one of their Freedom Bundles, and I believe this is still ongoing, if you buy a Freedom Bundle... Uh, for every bar of soap in the Freedom Bundle that you order, they will send a bar of soap, soap to active duty military personnel that's uh, stationed at a forward uh, location. Someone who right now uh, is most likely not going to be able to come back home for the holidays. That are, They're out there at some lonely part of the world standing a post so that we can breathe free. Send them a little love by sending them a little soap and getting some for yourself. And also, magically, at the same time, helping to support this show. Uh, that's, that's, it's a big ask, 
but it's actually a little thing, and I promise you, you're going to love the soap. So Hero Soap Company, check out what they've got at the very least. And if you're not listening to the podcast so you don't have the show description right there, uh, then please visit tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com. Because I haven't had any guests in a while, I haven't uh, been forced to change or update the guest list that are immediately there on the homepage. But if you'll scroll on down, and actually there's still links to uh, uh, Amazon, uh, to the books, and to various materials for the guests that have been here. Uh, you can click that, check that out. You'll also see uh, uh, banners and stuff, uh, not just for Built Bar and for Hero Soap, but also for My Patriot Supply and uh, for Blue Coolers and for several other groups. And if you'll click one of those, uh, check them out, see what's going on. At the very least, just visit, utilize those banners, They'll still know that I sent you, and you just might find something that you didn't even know you needed. And being in the Christmas season, uh, you never know when you're going to need, I don't know, a tuxedo. Uh, maybe uh, you're going to launch a, a big book release at the beginning of the year and need uh, some publicity for that. Uh, there's PR campaigns. There's all kinds of stuff. So uh, check it out. There's a lot of great value. Anyway. Let's get back to uh, let's get back to the show because now I've meandered around to the point that I may not be able to sneak both these topics in, and I really want to cover both of them. Might have to treat one of them like a podcast only bonus. Ooh, there's another reason for you guys listening on Terrestrial Radio to track down the show in its podcast form. All right, so here we are, and we are facing a situation where. Crime is just running rampant in certain democratically controlled cities. We have been talking about it here. Uh, we touched on it a little bit on the Ron Edwards American Experience this past Sunday when I was Ron's guest. We have been seeing it. You know, there's no question. There was a, a camera, uh, a security officer for a camera crew for a local San Francisco affiliate who was murdered when some of these criminals tried attacking the reporters that were doing live coverage of these smash and grab organized criminal uh, offenses. About the only thing that's that, that is completely unfathomable at this point is why action hasn't been taken to correct the issue. It should be clear. It should be obvious at this point to anyone with eyes to see and a brain to think, even just the slightest bit of critical thinking, that it's the policies and practices that have been put in place that have emboldened and encouraged this criminal behavior. And only a return to consequences will push back against this behavior. But we're back to a point in time, evidently, where I cannot go more than a couple of broadcasts without mentioning the name Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC decided that she was going to basically come out and say that all, all this stuff we're seeing on television, ah, it's not real. Don't you dare believe your lying eyes. You believe the AOC Twitter feed. In an interview, in an interview... <coughs> Excuse me. In an interview, AOC literally says, 
uh, blah, blah, blah. And we're seeing this on TV, but I believe one of the companies that's citing this is this company, and uh, it's just not panning out. It's not panning out. She's basically saying the people that are telling you that they're the victims, that their businesses are victims of the smash and grab crime, is that they're lying. That's what she just said in this Twitter, this little tweet. Blah, 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 blah. That's what she said on live television when she reiterated the same talking point. Now, what I can't tell with any certainty is if AOC is so safely wrapped up in her little protective bubble where she's not getting outside of the echo chamber, where she's just being handed her talking points from the Justice Democrats, that she honestly doesn't know, that she honestly hasn't seen this footage, that she hasn't watched for the past few months as it's escalated and gotten worse and is now expanded into other cities. Maybe, maybe she honestly just doesn't know. And so maybe she believes when she's told by her handlers with the Justice Democrats, yeah, you're going to say this. Yeah, it's true. Don't worry about it. Yeah, they're just making this stuff up. Somebody will tell you that they saw it on television. You just tell them that I saw the White House get blown up on television once too. And the aliens, they weren't real. You tell them that. You'll sound like you're smart. Except, uh, AOC, you don't. Okay, yeah, this, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd to deny what we've all been clearly seeing. But it's even more absurd for you to stand there and try to accuse the victims of these crimes of lying about them and the perpetrators of these crimes as being the actual victims of the previous manner in which crime and punishment has been delved out in this nation. Here's an idea. How about you commit a crime, you do some time. How's that? The harder the crime, the more dangerous the crime, the more time that's involved. The harsher the punishment is. How about we make a return to, to bail and all these bailless, bail reform jurisdictions? How about, I don't know, how about we try just Returning to some freaking common sense. The, those of us out here who still have some, we have enough we can share. Okay? If, if you find yourself in need of common sense, you find yourself not having quite enough, then contact Tap Into The Truth. Uh, here at TapIntoTheTruth.com, we have enough common sense to go around, and we will share it freely. That sounds like a bit I need to record and start playing. I... In fact, I probably will now. It's too good to just let that go. But it, that's literally where we're at. So, again, thank you so much for – thank you, Jesse Smollett, for being in court and telling us this fanciful story. And now thank you, AOC, for being so utterly ridiculous that you just can't help yourself. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say at this point. AOC is AOC. Jesse Smollett saying under oath that he was driving, that he was smoking a blunt, uh, he was texting in a car, and that there was no hoax. He said all that. Meanwhile, we're living uh, in a world where we have kids taking firearms to school and shooting uh, their fellow students. We live in a world where this story continues to get 
traction in the mainstream media. It continues to get play in the mainstream media because it does two things that are part of their agenda. This was a, a group of white folks, first and foremost, so they get to go after that angle. It doesn't make a minority look bad. It makes white folks look bad, so we're okay with promoting this story. And you know, and I'm okay with this story being out there, too, not because they're white folks, but because this is newsworthy and it should be reported equally. It comes down to the discussion. It comes down to the talking about whether or not something is a local crime story or a national news story. This is a national news story because there is this evolution. Now, the parents, they decided we're going to be charged uh, because this kid got the gun from there. Evidently, the gun was bought for the kid. Evidently, the kid's been left alone a lot. Uh, we hear today that neighbors ca uh, have come out and have warned DHS before that the kid's left at home, has been left at home before as a young child uh, for long times when the parents decided to go out drinking. I don't understand. I don't get it. Now we hear that uh, the school system itself, that certain school officials may be facing charges. We heard that uh, uh, the individual who owned the building that the parents were hiding out in uh, is now being investigated. Why is that? Because he offered these people a place to stay. Now, he claims he didn't know they were on the run. They claim they weren't actually trying to hide out. They didn't know the police were looking for him. That seems a little hard to believe. Seems a little difficult. I, bet I might almost be more likely to buy Jesse Smollett's, Jesse Smollett's story, the Juicy Smollett, Juicy Smollett. I might be more likely to believe him than to believe the parents when they try to tell you that, oh, well, you know, we didn't know you were looking for us. We weren't really hiding out. Now it's entirely possible the guy who owned the building didn't realize that these two were the two that everybody had been talking about. I mean, I, <laughs> it does seem hard to believe, right? It seemed hard to believe. The pictures of these two parents had been all over the place by this point. But I think that just about every one of us knows somebody who doesn't pay that much attention to the news. That once they get to the weekend, usually by uh, about 8 p.m. Thursday, they don't want to hear any news because they don't want anything interrupting their weekend. So it is entirely possible that somebody may not have known these two were the two that the police were looking for. Probably heard something about, yes, uh, they're looking for the parents of this kid that shot up the high school. Do you know anything about that? Maybe they don't. But now they're saying that some school officials may be facing charges too. Now, I don't have enough time to, to delve into that because we're not going to do the bonus thing today. I'm going to try and wrap things up here in a minute. So I'm not going to be able to delve too far into it. But I, I do think we're going to be revisiting the story in the next few days. And I think there's going to be more to it. Uh, I'm going to have to force some in, maybe just do some bonus coverage material at some point if you're interested enough. But it is very surprising at this point that the longer they look into this situation, the more things that are coming to light to make these people believe that there's criminal activities going on. How much 
of this type of thing is going on every day all around the country? How much of this is going on in your very neighborhood, and how much of it is actually criminal? This kid obviously should not have had a handgun available to him. He needed parents that were attentive and involved. And I can't say, now, I, I can't say that that wasn't them. But it certainly doesn't seem like, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, from over here, from what I see, uh, just what it looks like from here, which clearly may not be the case. I'm a long way off. Things look different when you get a little closer. But it looks to me like these parents were not that. And if that's true, and again, I, I feel the need to be more cautious in making these statements with these folks. Uh, because these are not celebrities. These are not people who were in the public eye. These are average everyday citizens who have found themselves in the limelight because of a terrible incident that took the lives of people. An incident that they may very well have a large amount of culpability with. And culpability is a real issue here. I, you know, again, it goes back to the ABC interview with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel any responsibility. <laughs> no, wrong, wrong, Alec. Now, if you wanted to say you didn't feel like you have any legal culpability because you didn't physically do anything wrong, that's one thing. But you should still act as if you feel like you have remorse and guilt because you should be feeling like, uh, even though I didn't do something wrong, Although I think you're lying about that. I do think you pulled the trigger. You may not have realized you did, but I think it's pretty necessary, necessary for you to pull the trigger. But you, you should be saying that I don't believe I have any legal culpability, but I do still, I'm haunted. I wish I had done something differently. I, I feel like there's other things I, I have. I should have been more responsible uh, to the safety protocols, even though she was asking me to try and frame the shot. Yet something like that where you sound like you have some shame and some, some concern, uh, that would have worked better for you. And here, culpability is an issue as well. How much culpability do the parents have? Is it significant enough for charges? It sounds like maybe so. Even if they did everything with the best of intentions, they still handled it wrong. Supposedly, this gun was purchased to be a gift for the kid. Did you even take the time to find out if the kid should have a firearm just yet? And I'm not against kids having firearms. Uh, freaking handgun, not so much. A rifle for somebody his age, maybe. After they've gone through the safety training and uh, fully understand that they need to respect and treat the firearm like a tool because that's what it is. You learn the, the rights and wrongs of firearm safety and you learn the do's and don'ts of how you utilize it. These are important steps. And a handgun is a very different animal and it's not something that a child this kid's age should have really been doing except under the most extreme observation.
this is, I'm definitely going to have to edit that. I think I jumbled that up. Just trying to hit pause, and I think I <laughs> unpaused it before I... Anyway. <clears throat> if you're going to allow a kid his age to utilize a handgun, it needs to be um, very closely, very, very closely uh, observed and controlled. They need to be taught the do's and don'ts. They need to understand that they're being trained for the proper use. Now, I believe that every young child in this country should be exposed to firearms enough to not be afraid of them, but also to understand how you go about handling them. Might have kept Alec from having to give a botched interview on ABC. Just say it. There comes a point where you have to understand, though, that you can't just turn a kid loose and expect uh, that things are going to be okay. Not in this world we're living in today. It's just it's too dangerous. You need to arm your children with mental toughness and the ability to think critically. Now, if it turns out that some of these school officials are also in desperate need of having been corrected, that there does, in fact, need to be charges filed, then let's move forward with them. Like I said, I think we're probably going to see a lot more of that in the next few days. Uh, we'll uh, revisit this story when we get there. We'll look more into it. I I'm very interested to see how this plays out. But uh, in the meanwhile, I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up right here. Uh, no bonus material after uh, the radio uh, hours are concerned we're gonna just wrap up right now so uh yeah i'll try to he's doing it and then when it happens you'll know what to, to come do but anyway it's gonna have to gonna have to drop things right there that's gonna have to be it for tonight thank you so very much for listening all the way to the end as always i am so very happy to have had you here please remember Whatever they tell you, whatever they say, it doesn't matter. Whatever I tell you, whatever I say, it doesn't matter because you can't take my word for it. Yeah, you really can't take the other side's word for it. You need to put in some time and some effort to do your own research, do your own homework, but most importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth in the meanwhile you guys out there please please stay safe stay healthy if you can beware of omicron <laughs> and uh you know be smart even if it goes against your nature that's it for now merry christmas and we'll be back again soon